Hello friends, this is John Klein III of episode 94 of Shadow and Flame of Magic, the podcast. And today we are going to review What If, Volume 2, that started in 1989, Issue 1. So let's get to it. And once again, thank you... uh, Francisco for providing the theme song to the podcast. Appreciate it and you. And uh, we're continuing the What If coverage with What If Volume 2 Issue 1. It would have cost 120, nope. Well, 125 pennies or 175 cans or 50 pence. It was comic book approved. Uh, in the character upper corner box is Atu, the Watcher, and Captain. Oh, I'm sorry, the Captain and Wolverine, which makes sense. Spider-Man in the bottom left, and it's what if the Avengers lost the Evolutionary War, which took place in all the annuals of '88, '89. So, <clears throat> and I've read like the X-Men ones and the Spider-Man ones, and. I don't think I ever read the Avengers one. Inside cover ad is for a hot new game called Metal Gear, which is pretty fun to see that that franchise started that long ago. Stanley presents Roy Thomas script, Ron Wilson breakdowns, Mike Gustavich finishes, Mike Heisler's letters, Tom Vincent colors, Craig Anderson editing, and Tom DeFago supervision. And there is a lot of narration boxes in this, and I only own this for one page. <laughs> so, but let's get to it. Oh, and it came out July of '89. I am all too, or I am the Watcher, all which occurs throughout the spiraling cosmos. I see a, I have sword, I weigh. Likewise, I do peer through clouded windows of infinity, both into worlds that never were and into universes only a heartbeat's distant, yet shaped by events into a mode different from my own, our own. I behold an earth, I know, this is proper yellow or white word balloons with black lettering. Like At one point, this is going to get very hard in old dad's eyes to read. I behold an Earth wherein the fledging Spider-Man joined his planet's premier fighting team forever after known as the Fantastic Five. I spy an Earth wherein the flag of a victorious Nazi Germany flies above America's executive mansion. I view an alternate Earth whose mightiest heroes were banded together as the Squadron Supreme. There is even an Earth whose essence, nay, whose very existence is but one answer to the sobering question. What if the Avengers had lost the Evolutionary War? And unlike some other what ifs, it only takes like a page to set up the premise and then start anew. Even on your Earth, after all the battles outcome swayed uneasily in the balance, see Avengers Annual 17, Craig, for these were but reserve Avengers, nastily, hastily assembled when their recently disbanded colleagues failed to answer a computer's call. 
And if the desperate high evolutionary had managed to destroy Hercules before he himself was rent into random atoms, and if the stalwarts known as the Captain Yellow Jacket, the Falcon, and Bees had thus been forced to flee with their foe still intact, and if the reconstructed Jocasta had failed to vaporize the huge sunken mobile base even as the Avengers craft soared skyward, then it would not have been the high evolutionary's base which exploded the following instant. And this is an interesting choice to kick off this volume of What If? Like, like it's a very heady first issue. And rather, his biology-altering genetic bomb there is at least one Earth among the myriad Earths strung like pearls across the multiverse on which this is precisely what did occur. And there, the stricken Quinjet now plunges into the sickening swiftness into a suddenly turbulent Pacific Ocean. Almost without effort, the eternal... C stitches up the fleeting scars upon her troubled face, and it is as if neither base nor bomb nor quinjet have ever been. There is silence upon the deep for what seems an eternity. Which is fun, setting up the concept of eternity. Then abruptly, a human head erupts from the emerald womb, uttering the cry of a man clinging to life like all his vibrant being. A moment more and a second head appears, one only slightly less human than the first. And Namor has breached and he's holding the captain, Steve Rogers, and they're seeing the biology of the genetic bomb sprinkle into the sky and they don't quite understand what's going to happen next. With a speed which would leave the swiftest sea beasts far behind, Prince Namor hurls himself and his half-conscious burden through the tossing waters, but nothing on Earth escapes the fast bedding of particles created by that fatal explosion. Within seconds, the crew of a cargo ship a hundred leagues away becomes the next mortals to be bathed in the fallout of the evolutionary's device. An hour later, it descends like a billion cloud upon milling throngs which gaze upon it, mixed fear and wonder, both in San Francisco and in Tokyo. Two hours more, three, and those glowing pinpoints of light have danced their brief moment upon the stage of all the earth. They pass like ethereal phantoms through wall and foliage and radiant, yes, even through bird and beast. But not the beast, because he drowned. Only the fate at instant of contact with the flesh of a human being. Any human being. As we see Spider-Man trying to calm people below on the ground. Some, long since adapted to anxiety, has a way of life, yet gave way to inner pipings of panic. Others, more harmoniously aligned with the forces of nature since time's dim beginnings greet the reigning flex as a golden gift of the gods. Still others simply do not know. 
we see Wolverine and Gateway. And Logan thinks it's now time to go home. He's going to gather the rest of the X-Men. And all the while, upon the dark floor of the sea, there sprawls a gigantic vessel the size of a city block. And mobile base of the high evolutionary. And he's just witnessing his work. And he's curious what it's all going to do now. Because obviously he he has an idea of how it should unfold. But to see it do so is going to be curious. As upon the pier of the California city known as Santa Monica, we see the Avengers, Vision, Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, Wonder Man, and Mantis. And they're just curious of what's happening. And then Gateway teleports the X-Men, who are Wolverine, Colossus, Storm, Dazzler, Longshot, Rogue, and Psylocke. But I guess it's pre-seize period, so is it just Betsy? No, no, she's wearing her Lady Mandarin armor, so it's Psylocke. And Wonder Man's like, huh, it's the X-Men, a bunch of them anyway. And Hawkeye's confused, he's like, huh, last I heard you. Oh yeah, so Hawkeye goes, huh, and Simon's like, what? Last I heard you guys were supposed to be, you know, like dead. And Wolverine says, we all know that Mark Twain saying about that. And Hawkeye's like, well, then what's all this about the acid rain? That's what we're here to ask you, Hawkeye. And then Namor shows up holding the captain. Because they're all just wondering what's going on. Namor, huh? Ten to one, the cookie cutter head's behind this. Namor's like, well, you lost that bet. It's not me. What's with El Kipton? And then uh, Steve gets to his knee, um, feet, and he explains how the Avengers failed and the genetic bomb was exploded. Only days before the X-Men had met that entity in the icy fields of Antarctica. Thus, when Rogers has hurriedly recounted his tale of brave new news, men's deaths, and a planet poison, Wolverine starts slicing. I knew I should have sliced and diced that walking sardine can the minute I laid eyes on him. And the match is like, whoa, look at your claws. What's the matter? Never saw a fistful of animanium claws. But holy, they're bigger than ever. And they're literally the size of his arms. And they didn't even shred my knuckles coming through. And Storm's like, but that means... Face of world, we don't know what that blazes it means. Because I was like, yeah, like, what are you thinking, Storm? But we will, darling, we will. Hey, anybody notice I'm not the only one glowing around here? It's more than luck, Logan. Somehow I have, since my metallic form has taken over so completely, I would never again be able to change to back to human flesh. And me... I'm charged into the powers of each and every one of y'all. But you know what? I kind of like it. That's my rogue. And Betsy's like, I can feel the thoughts of everybody here. Can't keep them out and it hurts. Wanda, I am unchanged but you. I can tell you my hex power has been multiplied, yet it's fully under my control. 
Long shot says that goes double for long shot. Beautiful. <clears throat> and Neymar lifts up a car. I, Steve Rogers, I lift a vehicle far more effortlessly than I can ever imagine. And some jerk humans like, you're brought this plague down on us, haven't you? All of you, mutants. Ruh oh, they're off and running. But it's true, I tell you. Look at you. You're so much bigger now, and you're not human. Any of you, we've all been doomed by a race of freaks. And then someone's like, hey, man, you're a freak now, too. As we see all the humans' heads are just expanding like giant eggs. And then the Avengers also have their big old heads. Captain breaks through his mask. Hawkeye rips through his mask. Wonder Man, and they're bald, too. Like, you're not only does your big old head get big, but you lose your hair. <clears throat> Unless you're a lady, I guess, because Mantis Cisco is full Hulk Hogan. You never want to go full Hulk Hogan. Terrific. Now everyone will blame us for turning them into a bunch of muties. And the real mutants will get it in the neck. Just like that. Like always. Go ahead. You're you nice people. Only maybe I ought to warn you. I ain't exactly in the mood to turn a whole lot of cheeks. Well, what gives? You're just standing there like so many zonked out zombies? And the humans are like, I feel like we should be scared, but we're we're at peace right now. And then, okay, so the captain wants to call and meet, um, see what's going on in the rest of the world, and it is every also everywhere on Earth, human skulls and the brains within them grow and change. For long seconds, armies face. Uh, armies in the troubled Middle East. Oof. That's not much different now. And seek instinctively to strike at each other with heightened powers of mental bombardment. Then the sense of similitude between the two sides rises up to overwhelm all feelings of difference which have divided them, and they lay down their weapons to simply stand contemplating each other. In the southern parts of Africa, white and black, you see no reason to fight, no reason not to share. Minds, after all, have no color to set them apart. Just all gray. And my wife just bought a shirt, too, that was like, human beings, no, humankind, be both. Which took me a second to be like, wait, what? I'm like, oh, that's clever. Those who, who of late where iron men shed their armor for the final time. What need remains for it in this brave new coming world? And those who have been artificially mutated over the years, they find themselves suddenly altered in various ways. And we see Spider-Man has grown four total arms. So now he has 10, if you count his limbs. And Mary, I assume it's Mary Jane, is sitting behind him with her big old beautiful bald head. Both physically, and we see the thing has grown even bigger. His rock plates are now scalier. And maybe this thing has grown softer, rounder, and bigger. And mentally, and the Hulk now senses that he has Bruce Banner's mind again, but it's been mutated. But he doesn't have a egghead. And one 
there is who, as you mortals might say, on the cusp between human and man. And it's Daredevil. And he is getting overstimulated with all the sounds and the smells coming from everywhere. So he's going to get away from the city. Maybe find a nice mountain to get onto. Is it really only a scant day later that the hour survivors of the group called X-Factor stride like mutant licks through the streets of one of the Earth's greatest cities? Oh yeah, I should say the point bag said this was $4. So, up from one twenty-five. so people made some profit there. And Bobby's saying, still can't believe it, Cyclops. Beast, gone, just like that. The captain told us what happened, Iceman. Hank McCoy and the others gave their lives trying to prevent the explosion of the G-bomb. Only the way things are going, it's hard to tell whether we should wish they squished it or not, Gene says. That's what we're here to find out, Gene. An angel's just flying amongst them. And then Doom stops him in front of the door. And Iceman's like, Dr. Doom, if you're going to try, Doom's like, hey, man, it's cool. And he, for the point of this appearance, he decided to keep his mask on, his, yeah, his armored mask on. But as soon as he's confronted, he takes it off and we see his big old dome head. Even though with the hood on, it looked like it was going back. So now it's like, oh, yeah. Now it's like, almost like his egg head went straight up once it is. And now we're on page 11, and we're finally on this beautiful all-hero page, splash page. Never in the history of the planet has there been a mightier gathering of heroes and of enemies of heroes. And each among them has long-wielded powers which dwarf those of normal humans. And we see as X-Factor walks in. And... First character I'm noticing on this page is Shadowcat in her blue Excalibur uniform standing right next to Hawkeye, who's up on the rafters. And like Kitty's just amongst all the flying characters, so I don't know if she's just phasing or air walking, but I don't know why she's waiting up there. I guess to make sure we see her. And I'm going to post this on both Instagram and Twitter at SNFWM. And it's the one page, it's obvious that Kitty's in. So, <clears throat> we should be able to speak through the rest of this, except it's so many words in the captions. <clears throat> so, let's see here. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. So, it's Kitty, Kurt, Rachel. We have Human Torch, Torch, Monica Rambeau, the Owl. Because there's not, oh no, there's villains. Spider-Man underneath the um, the big monitor. Cloak and Dagger standing on top of the monitors, which I don't know why they're way up there. Some green person I don't recognize with next to a yellow person. Oh, maybe it's Power Pack? No, I don't. I don't. Next to a guy with, like, I don't recognize him either. Then there's Sunfire. There's Dark Star, Cannonball, Firestar. Next to Dark Star, like clearly we can see what the artists were thinking about. Uh, Storm, Warlock, Banshee, 
nowhere near Electro, but this is the first time ever. I was like, is Banshee and Electro just the exact same outfit? But there's enough differences. But it is weird. They're both yellow boots, green tights, yellow briefs, yellow gloves, green shirts, yellow accents. Uh, Doc Ox there, the Wizards there, Sabretooth, Mystique, Mole Man, Puma, Spider-Man fan shout out, Bullseye, or, or Havoc, but pretty sure it's supposed to be Bullseye, because I don't see those rings around his head. Uh, let's see, I don't recognize these people. Thing, Mystic, uh, Rhino, Sasquatch, Magneto, Danny, Black Panther, Sunspot, Atlas, Man-Thing, Cable, but all in red, another new mutant, but with green hair, the leader, Luke Cage, Scarlet Witch, She-Hulk, Wolverine, Tigra, um, Sue's there holding Franklin's hand, Reed, and the Blob, maybe? So, yeah, oh, who's who of characters? Each side is save one. Oh, it must have been Captain America whose face was on the big monitors. So, he's recognizing that <clears throat> he's just a normal dude, and so he's gonna, uh, the, the other heroes decide is he's just, he's done. And Wolverine's like, there goes a real trooper. So now they all want to know who's the real, who's going to be the leader. And Manita says, yes, Claw, we have but one common need now. A leader. And Wolverine's like, yeah, I. Hey, what's everyone staring at me for? And Reed's like, we think you know why, Logan. And Hulk's like, others like Reed and myself may have the intellect to lead, but something else is called for. Things saying, yeah, something you can provide now better than anybody. Me? What do I got that jumps me to the top of the list all of a sudden? She hooks like, frankly, Wolverine, I don't think we're quite sure yet. Terrific. If we don't know where we're going or what we want, but we're on our way, huh? Or maybe I am finally getting just an inkling of that. So how about the rest of you muty types? Everybody here going to back old Wolfie for prom queen? And Magneto says, yes. Logan, even we who only yesterday might have stood against you battling for mastery of the planet. Come from an old world beater like you, Magneto. I'll take that as a compliment. How about you, world? You've always been the one I lean on. We were supporting each other, Logan. You just failed to notice it. Okay, then I guess it's time to get going. Yeah, it's time. Let me see all the heroes. It is time. Outside, and all the humans are like, it is time. And then we see under the oceans, the high evolutionary is like, it is time. So everyone's having a good old time. So then let's, let's see, we're already at 23 minutes. So let's just speed this along. So the magical forces come in to try to conquer Earth. And the musicians defeat them, but in doing so, they just uh, wipe each other out. So now the Earth is safe from magical um, beings. 
Uh, we see the Captain and Punisher defending the humans on the outside. Uh, we see the here the meeting building that the superheroes were in now vanishes. Uh, Wolverine has come outside. You're right there, darling. You people may have the big brains, but we've got our share of those too. And a whole lot more besides. So once we put our collective minds to it, poof, no more Madison Square Garden. And so then Wolverine points to the skies and they go and take off because they have bigger things to do. Thor and High Evolutionary question what this means for Earth. And Thor just takes off to Asgard. We see the heroes are going through space. They go past the Inhumans. The Inhumans are like, well, we might as well come. And so they, they go into deep space, going through all these alien ships and species. Then we cut back to the planet, Earth, and Captain America's dead. And the humans are all sad. And we hear funny. And Daredevil walks up saying that he's not been a lost hero. He's just been hibernating. He's gotten control of all of his senses, and now he doesn't even need to talk anymore aloud. He can just talk with his mind. And, I don't know, I can't... I think he just has normal size head here. So he offers teach all the other humans his new mind powers. And then we Vision shows up behind Hawkeye's uh, grave to say, Hey, I'll hang out with you all. High Evolutionary watches them walk away, just thinking, like, I've done a good job. Meanwhile, the here the space heroes have come across Nova, who is Galactus's herald, and she's trying to. Oh yeah, because these the space heroes want to defeat Galactus, and Nova's like, "Well, be, over my dead body," and then they take her out, which irritates Silver Surfer, and then they just knock him out, and then Galactus is like, "You, how dare you? You taking out both my heralds? This is war," and then they just punch Galactus right in the chest and he just is no more. We cut back to Earth and the Vision has buried Matthew Michael Murdoch, aka Daredevil. Given Oh no, why did I even try to read this? Even in blindness he helped the world to see. Oh uh, Vision must be the one making all these grave sites because they all have like a thick base and then like the cross on the top. So he must just be like, hey guys, I'll do it. And then since that was his last of his hero friends, he's decided to just blow himself up as a contained solar flare. And then the heroes are coming after both death and eternity. But to, before you get to eternity, they assort or they attack death, and then a blinding light. Um, one entity comes out of it, and it's just death, but with all the heroes' bodies within it, so they're staring death now. And now they're off to get entity or eternity. I'm sorry. And then we cut to Earth, where all the Earthlings' heads are getting even bigger. Now they're like the uh, Martians from Mars attacks. And the Celestials are have come to Earth, and they are thinking about destroying the planet, as Earth has reached its peak. And then in space, deaf heroes come together, they find Entity, and they merge into another super being that's half-face Entity, half-face deaf 
hero faces as um, just little dots that flicker around their faces. Uh, the Celestials are about to destroy the planet, but the humans... On the green hills of Earth, no human moves. There is only a single spark, which seems to leap from one and from all as it spontaneously unbit Biden to interrogate the Hulkling Celestial Arizim in what once would have been called the blink of an eye. So once one Celestial is dead, the other three are like, well, we're outie. And then the humans turn into the Earth. So now Earth is an actual living planet. And they start heading towards the new space entity. And then High Evolutionary shows up to try to be like, I made you, so you should respect me. And they're like, well, we're so beyond you than what you were to humans that you thought. So we are, like, you. we recognize you as father, but also you are nothing to us. Which, as an old dad, it's pretty hard. And so they pull a whole Galactus and just go into a new universe, but then they don't ever say reference like, hey, that will make High Evolutionary the um, old Galactus, or new Galactus. Well, no, because I guess he will have to leave this universe into the new one to be Galactus, but he doesn't. He just stays put. And so they're in a new universe. They bring, they create a new bang, Big Bang, definite eternity separate but all the heroes have just been absorbed into one or the other it doesn't matter anymore these are the new planet um which leaves high evolutionary and oh yeah and there's a new earth in this new universe but then there's still old earth which is very on brand for high evolutionary to be uh To have multiple Earths, uh, his counter-Earths. Meanwhile, upon Earth's face stands the High Evolutionary, literally immobile, within the planet's protective force of mind. He will remain thus, undying, till de- time and death commerce anew in this universe. Both ultimate victor and ultimate victim, he is of his proud dreams for now vanished mankind. Is he happy? Unhappy? The very words are meaningless to him now. Well, at least he has a nice view. Thus ends one continuum of time and space as another begins. And as your own continues on its temporal flight, blissfully unaware of worlds and wonders nearer than a thought. If one year is better off because of in it the valiant Avengers triumph in an evolutionary war, or another because therein the high evolutionary achieves his grandiose plant goal, there is not for such as I to say, I... Only watch Finn. And then we get some house ads. Atlantis Attacks, Marvel Annuals in 1989. So High Evolutionary must have been 1988 annuals. Take the Plunge in April. Doctor Strange, if you need him to make a house call, you're already in trouble. Which is true. It's Excalibur needed him to do a house call. And they were, they were up in it. The Faust Gambit begins in March by Roy and Dan Thomas, Jackson Geis, and Jose Marzin, monthly from Marvel. And then Moon Knight, Mark Spector. You shouldn't be afraid of the dark. You should be terrified of it. By Chuck Dixon, Sal Videtto, and Mark Farmer. 
Mexico. I didn't even know worked outside of Alan Davis, but that makes sense. Starting in March from Marvel. Back cover ad is for games for the made by Tinjin, which includes Gauntlet, Pac-Man, RBI Baseball, which if you're a big fan of Uncanny X-Cast, you hear all about RBI Baseball, and the Soviet mind game Tetris. And back cover ad is for Schwinn Bicycles, Pro BMX Racing Freestyle Bicycles. And that, everyone, was What If, Volume 2, 1989, Issue 1. Uh, comics that came out this week was Dark X-Men 5, The Conclusion. Pretty great issue. Pretty much uh, madder than prior. Um, took out the evil version of herself and just feels confident in herself to keep ruling Limbo and the Limbo Embassy in New York. Um, all you Asriel fans who were upset from X-Men Blue Origins. Um, he's in that dark X-Men. So, Angel still dead in there. Albert and LCD reunited, and that was nice. Um, Maggot was still on the open seas. And I imagine Eni and Meanie were not seen, but if no, no news is good news. And X-Men Red ended as well, and people seem to be very happy about the way that ended. So, I'm <clears throat> not going to review any of those, so then I will review whatever's on top of my back issue collection, which feels nice to chip away at. So, looking forward to that. We'll try to do two more what-if issues before the month is over. Um, I heard that the what if trailer i guess there's people who got to preview the what if episodes and thought we were trying to promote it teasing a big surprise event but the trailer uh gives it away so if you don't want spoilers don't watch the trailer but um that was the comic um you check out twitter and instagram for snfwm to see the page of all the heroes you can go to Twitter, Instagram, YouTube at Jackal SII for my daily or constant thoughts, especially on Twitter or on Blue Sky. Uh, if you want my writings, I just did a post for my final, my third X Men Gold reviews that were just copy and paste from Twitter, but all nicely contained. And uh, this is, well, now midnight. So, on Friday the 15th, so Walker D's birthday is Saturday. I'm super excited about all that's going to happen. Hopefully everything goes according to plan. But, um, if he ever listens to episode 94, happy birthday, Walker. You're about to be 10 for the time capsule. So, thank you everyone for listening, and I'll talk at you next time. Bye. And thanks for listening.